All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. WTIC, it is Wednesday already. This week is racing towards an end point that won't be as half as much fun as the midpoint, because Michael Harrison is here. Yep, Wednesday first segment, it's Michael Harrison from Talkers Magazine talkers.com hello michael hello todd what a wonderful piece of music i love that song that was me on guitar miserloo that's uh, an old turkish middle uh, oh. eastern mediterranean tune updated in the 50s by dickie dale i guess as, it wasn't me then no nah, it wasn't you it's before your time yes updated by dickie dale as a surfer song <laughs> I, I, I mean could you imagine and, uh, we brought now, the dj out and you're right off the bat Mm, mm. Ah, what can I tell you? I'm getting a little bit of echo. Um, folks know that you and I are not in the same room. We're separated by um, 75 by astronomical units. Wall. <laughs> yes, but Anthony sends that echo for free. There's no extra oh. charge for that. Does it make me sound better? Does it make me I, reverberate? I guess it does, because that's all he cares about is what the listener hears. Mm -hmm. okay, so if you so. can't understand, is it too much? No, it's fine. I'm, I'm okay. okay. I, just, I just wanted to point it out in case it was annoying to the listeners. I mm -hmm. live for the listeners. That's, yes. that's I don't think I they're hearing about. it. I think it's just for you. All uh, for you, Michael. Then I'm the, fine. These are... Um, I think everybody has a sense of these being incredible times. And I hear people on the, on the radio and TV talking as if there's, first, unprecedented what's going on right now, and that we're headed for some kind of radical split a la Civil War. What's your thought on that? I certainly hope not. Uh, that would be that would be a truly sad thing. Now I don't know where the line is between lots of violence and lots of outbreaks and lots of riots and police activity and and you know uh, civic strife and civil war. Civil war means a whole bunch of states get together and they proclaim that they are you know seceding from the union and they have their own president. And, you know, that's a pretty, pretty dramatic thing, especially in the as I recall, during the Civil War era, they didn't have Netflix and, and uh, Grubhub. No, they so they didn't. weren't sitting home as comfortably and happily entertained. Could you imagine communicating these concepts across a country without the Internet, without talk radio, without telephones? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's almost like another planet. It's hard to it's hard to even imagine how that worked. But uh, no, I do not think that we're going to have a civil war. What I uh, what I fear is that we'll have violence, eruptions and and discord on a level that many people will call a civil war. Um, but 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 actually armies, you know, in battlefields and shooting mm -hmm. each other. No, I don't think that'll happen. I don't think either side wants to leave America. I think each side in this battle 
doesn't want to put up with the other side's interpretation of what America should be. That's the point at which we're, we are. And I think that the kind of people that would be incited to violence are not indicative of anywhere near a majority, not even a large minority of the population. That being said, it can be very dangerous. It is funny, though, what you're saying, because there are large numbers of the population who, and, and I think there's a great deal of resonance for any political figure who says we should all get along. And can't you guys work together down there in Washington? That's what people want. Well, some people are working together. I mean, there are things going on. A lot of the problem is the media that just plays into this so that it can stoke excitement, drama, ratings, clicks, eyeballs, eardrums. What, what balls, would be an example of, of uh, people working together? Well, I don't know. Maybe uh, this bipartisan deal that just got through that has some kind of a long, crazy name of uh, the, in, the inflation reduction bill that has tax consequences and um, environmental uh, involvement and all kinds of things. Maybe, you know, that's a, that's a thing where people are working together. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, I did. Did Republicans vote for that? I didn't know any did, but no, but, not too many. <laughs> but yeah. they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it. I think the vice president <laughs> voted, which would suggest it was fifty-fifty. And then she. Uh, but well, I, I could be wrong about that. I, I, the point. The point is that uh, you, you you don't see on the streets of America the kind of discord, the kind of right. hostility that even we had in the sixties. Even we had in the 60s. Exactly. I, I mean, a lot of listeners right now, you know, we're not around in the 60s. But, uh, you know, remember the old hard hats versus the hippies? And they would be screaming, you know, sessions on the streets of big cities and beer cans being thrown at each other. Yeah, there was a big cultural divide through, yeah. uh, based on class, I guess, is what you're describing. But yeah. there was also that, that fringe of the, the education crowd, the college crowd. Who were de who had declared war against the United States and its institutions? Right. Many of those many of those uh, of that crowd are now um, the exact opposite of what you would expect a hippie to be. Mm -hmm. They 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 are conservatives. They're very very straight. They're very very um, uh, Republican. And they were the they were the uh, kids that were in the. Um, the uh, the hippie organizations I'm who were pushing the envelope of radicalism of, radicalism, of challenging yeah. the the sovereignty of the United States government. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, take in uh, Minnesota um, former Senator Norm Coleman, mm -hmm. um, straight shoot short straight shooter short hair buttoned up tie jacket conservative right wing. He's a guy that ran against Al Franken. Lost. Uh, that's um, how lost. where he lost his well, seat, right? Uh, Students for a Democratic Society was a hippie radical group back in the college when I was a student back in mm -hmm. uh, Hofstra. And um, Norm Coleman was the leader of that group. Come he was on, the really? And he had hair down to his shoulders. He was the hippiest hippie I've ever seen in college. And I go, that's the same guy? And I, I bet you everybody from those days has stories like that, um, where people have have gone through radical changes and have gone from one side to the other. A lot of it has to do with your own personal journey and your maturation in life. But back to the Civil War issue. Mm -hmm. I do not think we're going to have a Civil War, but I do think that, that we are facing a, a very troubling time. And I, I wish that people put more thought into their opinions, more... more um, 
I don't know, just just brought more to the table in terms of yeah, wisdom had more and conversations with yeah, people who exactly. don't agree with them and stuff like that. Yeah. We're talking to well, Michael Harrison from Talkers Magazine. It is uh, it is disturbing that we feel that level of tension because I think it's systemic. If you could tweak a few mechanisms inside of our government that tend to force people to the outside instead of letting them run up the middle that that we'd be a lot more comfortable with our politics mm. well how do you feel about it i mean how do you see this whole situation in terms of the fear of violence um you know festering there are and, moments and, where i i fear it but in general i don't think that's where we're headed because the solutions are so simple but that doesn't mean we could get to them for example the um if we had a system where states would simply dole out congressional districts based on natural features of uh, proximity and geography rather than focused on how you can manipulate the districts to get the most republicans or democrats depending on which party controls the state then you wouldn't have then you wouldn't have safe seats the problem with safe seats is they lead to unsafe incumbents facing challenges from their own party the radical extreme so that forces the incumbents to represent the extremes of their parties and that simple structural change i think would make a huge difference if we didn't have party uh, one side controlling most districts uh, fairly clearly and then they would have to compete closer to the center instead of on the outside yeah gerrymandering has been a problem going all the way back to the beginning of the republic and when it's done in a mean-spirited dishonest way uh, then it, it really can be quite devastating. Well, they're right. They're quite honest about it. Now. They just do it exactly to benefit their side, whoever, whichever state is controlled by which party. Do you think politics is dirtier today, or do you think we're just more open, honest, and aware of it? I think we know a lot more, but I also think there's something missing in today's politicians, and that is an imperative to feel a commitment to the survival of our system and to honor its intentions. And because that isn't that isn't bubbling up in the bottom of, of most political figures' souls anymore because it's not reinforced in the marketplace, that we've lost our mooring a little bit, and, and it feels more crazy. Michael Harrison is with us. We're going to talk more about this and other issues. Stay with us on WTIC. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Yeah, WTIC Michael Harrison is here. We get together every couple, three, four weeks, whenever we get in the mood, and talk about the big issues that are perplexing and torturing the country. One of the, you know, I, I talked about the, um, we talked about the, the whole idea of congressional districts and how redistricting is problematic but there's also other threads of this michael the um the particular positions that are held by the parties that are off in the extreme and what the motivation for that might be is something i'm always uh, wondering about for example wokeness where did that come from and why is that a thing that we talk about and i don't even know if people know what it means oh I forgot. We're not connected to Michael quite yet, so we we uh, we got disconnected from him, and we're hooking back up to his uh, transmission device. So he'll be back with us shortly. But I, I wanted to talk about the wokeness in the context of this issue we've been describing of how difficult it is 
to see the the bridge that might be there. It could be sitting there right in front of us. For example, some people think having a different way of doing elections would create more of an incentive to be on the center instead of being on the extreme. And simple structural changes might provide the answer. And we're hearing a lot of those suggestions. So there's th this thing called rank choice voting, which I don't think is a very good system and is confusing and requires a lot of work of voters because you have to know who everybody is and then rank all the candidates based on who you want to win and and from first to last and and then it goes through an elimination process with where the candidates in each round who have the fewest first votes get cast away and it's it takes a long time to count and it's confusing and sometimes you have to wait days or weeks for the results to come in but it forces candidates into um, into nonpartisan elections if you want and that's also one of the options is to, they're doing this in California now where it's the top two or three vote getters right without regard for party and then you have a runoff election I like the idea of runoff elections I like the idea of having a final election where two people are facing off against each other that's one of the ways we could have less divisiveness in our politics is if 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 the um, the person who's won the winner always has to get over 50% of the vote 8605229842 are we getting things working again do we have michael back all right anthony says that he's connected but we're not hearing michael's voice yet and hopefully he'll be with us momentarily michael if you're hearing us just jump in whenever uh, convenience whenever connected uh, I've been talking about the the issue of wokeness and the complexity of uh, elections that you might have some simple tweaks however complex it looks whatever is dividing us that we might be in a situation where we could uh, repair things relatively easily and that's what we may have available to us I mean it might be we could do that right now but we just don't have a way of doing it we don't have a forum through which the conversation is taking place and there isn't enough togetherness between the political parties to actually do what's best for the country that's the biggest fear about where we've gotten where where people we elect to do the best job possible for us don't actually have their loyalty to the people and to the best interests of the country but have loyalty to party and this is one of the things that the founders feared about political parties that they would just become this impediment that would that would create a a, a, a layer of distraction between the government the relationship in the government and the people eight six oh five two two nine eight four two let's grab uh, Kim in Cromwell hi Kim hi um I think we're Liz Cheney lost vision she came in as a conservative and basically governed as a center-rightist person, meaning not there to just simply rubber stamp things like the Democrats do, but offer a critique. Where the Republican Party has become woke in the last 12 years, and it was a better wokeness, is we're losing the military-industrial complex theme. 
and Liz is arguing to keep the Bushes and Cheneys, that generation, which propagated that, to keep that alive, keep the country constantly focused on war, defense spending, not tending to any problems of infrastructure or in the culture. And then you got a new bunch of Republicans that came in that just seemed to have much more emotional intelligence than her. And I think what she was trying to make is she was seeking to validate her father and his legacy and keep it going. She doesn't like the change that had come in. That being said... But how do you know, Kim, that it's got anything to do with a generational commitment as opposed to a philosophical one, that she's just kind of a conservative conservative? That that the Trump wing of the party you could describe as being... Um, something other than conservative conservatives, you know, right, like more reckless conservatives. And a lot of people populist is a good way to do his it. Yeah. idea of actually getting some legislation passed um, there that actually made a difference um, in some routine problems that the swamp refuses to control because it's such a rigged system in party politics is always danger to a republic because it's always about loyalty to the to the party and not what's best for the people and um credit the rhinos i i mean i know some people despise them but sometimes they do try to balance things on what's good for the country and not what's the same old same old i mean i think we're all tired of spending eight hundred dollars for a hammer for the Defense Department. Yes, and a and billion dollars to protect, to, to keep the world safe every year. Thank you, Kim. 860-522-9842. And uh, call the rant line as well, 860-751-4698. If that's more convenient for you, you can call at any time, 860-751. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. I hear tell that Michael Harrison's uh, technical issues, we've corrected them, and then he's back with us. Is that true, Michael? I hope so. Can you hear me? Oh, man, this was so uh, disruptive. It was terrible. It was deeply upsetting. I, I, I have to calm down now and it's a good thing therapy is now available via Zoom. Yes, and, and um, all of these microaggressions that happen to us when we're trying to <laughs> broadcast it. I'm telling you, it's the Democrats' fault. It, 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 what happened to us, definitely, I blame the Democrats. I think so, because I was just asking you about wokeness, and they, that's probably what happened. Yeah, I, I heard in the background you talking, and I was saying, I'm here. I felt like, I felt like that guy in the movie, The Fly. <laughs> and you couldn't see me you couldn't hear that is so frustrating to to be connected and to have todd you, you know have a you there going is michael there is michael there todd i'm here i'm here and i don't hear him it's just like one of those horror films yeah like a twilight zone yeah. definitely but but we're back we're in action and i did hear you use the word woke but i was um they had me swinging from the um the wires here from trying to Put another connection together so i didn't catch much of what was said well that's all right just i wanted to get your uh input on it so you can just go it's better that you didn't hear because we don't want to bias you well you know wokeness drives me crazy and 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 part of the problem it goes back to what you and i were talking about before about a civil war it's the extremists on the left and i have to say the extremists on the right that are causing this um this situation where we're caught between two poles of insanity and and i'm certainly not saying that we should be wishy-washy centrists we should just stop having people that are drama kings and queens and persons from um turning everything into a catastrophe a calamity and you know the thought police the word police um, a whole generation of young people that don't have a clue as to what it takes to get along in the world. Um, political correctness, the loss of sense of humor. Um, that's not funny. All of that stuff is just so it, turning is, our society into a pile of dumbness. Is, is, is there a, a, a bubble of uh, all those items you just ticked off? Do those exist on both sides? Like is... Is uh, or is it a separate list that's that's? I see both. I, I see. Here. I see both sides share in their in their effort to seek victory at the expense of truth, and we've talked about this before. I want to. I want my side to win no matter what. In their effort to seek victory at the expense of truth, both sides suffer from terminal hypocrisy. You know, one side 
if uh, if an African-American or somebody is mistreated by police, defund the police, get rid of the police, leave it to the goodness of human nature to make our streets safe. The other side, the FBI, you know, does a, 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 a raid on a, a potentially criminal president or perhaps a victim president on, on his uh, home and defund the FBI, get rid of the FBI. It, it, it's, there's no ideology or, or core value at play here. It's let's weaponize whatever we can for an immediate victory for our side and the hell with the principle that we were on the other side about just last week because it was a different situation, but it involved the same principles. So you, so, so the whole get rid of the FBI, dismantle the Justice Department is just as insane to me as the idiocy of defunding the police. We need so police. What you're suggesting is that the political debate Mm-hmm. isn't actually a political debate. It's just running PR schemes to get people motivated to be activist members of whatever tribe they're in. Perfectly put. You're absolutely right. That's what I'm saying. And what do you think? Yeah, well, I, I think there's a lot of that going on. I think there's some legitimacy to some of the arguments, and that gets you off the mark a little bit. So personally i don't like there being a big federal government because that wasn't the plan for our country and i i do think centralized power is the is the boogeyman that that if you can build a big centralized power then you can collect all the money in one place then you can use that money as a as a pot of incentives to get people to vote a certain way and it 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 pulls apart at the idea of having democratic systems so really what i feel right now is we no longer have we have this facade that stands in between the government and us and it pretends to be operating the government that's the elected class and their big bureaucracies but in fact it it only uh, marginally operates some things but most of what it does is runs as a machine on automatic pilot and whoever is in power claims credit for whatever talking points the agencies that they that are operate under them are are putting out and they pretend to be running things but really what they're doing is looking for political opportunities and using our money and our power system against us to create an illusion that they're operating the government which they aren't and that they're doing it with our best interest in in mind which i don't believe they're doing either but you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater to prevent that quite often those who have authoritarian tendencies and we see that on both sides tend to play into this concept that you very eloquently express and with which I theoretically agree they play into that to get rid of that problem and replace it with nothing other than the cult of personality whether it's well that's yeah I think you're right Mike and I, I think the reason that happens is because of the frustration that's created from having the rigged system. It's ironic to me that, that Bernie Sanders' language still rules the day. He's the one who introduced us to the, it's the phrase rigged system. And that, and that understanding, I think, resonated through the political system that, yes, this doesn't work for us. We can yell and scream about cops killing people or schools being dysfunctional or whatever aspect of government that isn't working. We can yell and scream till the whatever it is come home, chickens, roosters, but, but nothing changes.
Why doesn't it change? I think that's what the rig system does. So if you have rigging there, I, I liken it to a car that you want to take for, or you're, you're taking a car for a ride, but it's got a clog in the, um, mm-hmm. in the fuel line. And only so much fuel can get through. So you go to the gas station, you buy more gas. And after a big advocacy campaign, talking about how you're going to buy more gas and you need to increase those budgets. And then you add the gas, it doesn't make any difference because the problem is a clog in the fuel line. And guess what? The people driving the car knew the whole time the fuel line was clogged. They just pretended to, to uh, th- that it was a gas issue so that they could get the money from us to buy more gas. Yeah, well, there's the hypocrisy and there's the dishonesty, and a lot of it has to do with human nature. You and, I have, you and I have danced around this topic before, and I guess the reason we bring it up again is because it's an ongoing issue, and you can't solve it in just one conversation. We have to increase the character. We have to raise the character of those who run for office. We have to raise the integrity of the media that covers politics. We have to raise the level of quality in our schools so that children growing up are not morons because if you have a Mm -hmm. moron votership well then you're only going to have lowest common denominator messaging which is what we have we have an idiocracy and um whoa i've never heard that word before idiocracy fill us in on this uh, well, Idiocracy was the name of a movie that um, was made about 25 years ago. It was a very cheesy movie, but it was brilliant in terms of the theme that it covered. Mm-hmm. And it's a cult classic. You will love it. You won't make it all the way through because it's cheesy. But okay. you'll, in the first half hour, 40 minutes, you'll be very satisfied. It's called Idiocracy. <laughs> and ba- it's based upon um, a society that is so dumbed down that a, uh, a former um, wrestling champion is the president, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and that they cannot have a conversation. People cannot talk to each other without it just going around in circles, as we're hearing now, with, with BS talking points. And see, I, I believe that idiocracy or stupidity, ignorance, dumbness, frivolousness, um, distraction, um, digital media addiction, so many things are conspiring to make us a second-rate society. And as a result, we, we, I hate to say this, it, it, it pains me to speak these words, we get the government we deserve. Mm-hmm. So we're to disconnect. A lot of people don't even know basic stuff. Like you see these videos on YouTube where they're interviewing men on the street. They don't know who the president is. They don't know who the governor is. And, and that level of disconnectedness from the process means that simple cons coming out of the, the marketing people for the political organizations can, can suck us in and, mm-hmm. and uh, pull us off of the ground that we're standing on over to their ground. The institutions that we ha- that we used to have trust in for reason they were trustworthy, um, the banking system, uh, the education system, government for the most part, mm-hmm. they 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 played to a middle ground that had a certain level of intelligence. Right now, all advertising. All political messaging, all of the, the, the garbage that you get in terms of, of spam and, and advertising and, and, and junk mail, whether it's electronic or physical, is geared to the dumbest level of thinking. Now, even the parties, the Democrats, the Republicans, the email that you get, if you are a politically minded person oh, and you get nonsense. their hype sheets, they're geared for morons. Yes. They are. 
and and I this is I feel this a lot because I'm amazed at at uh, what people don't know when I'm watching. I, I see the news and I see how bad the reporting is. I read stories in the paper. I can't believe the the drivel, the utter drivel that they provide, and without explanation. And and the politicians, I think, are complicit in this. They don't offer any explanation for what's really going on. They just they just try to play the grift that their side is playing. Yes. Yes. And and to avoid what happened to Liz Cheney. And that could happen. That happened to Al Franken. It can. It, it, it's not a Republican or a Democratic thing. It is a political thing. If, if you if you do not remain in favor with your party, if you mm-hmm. don't toe the party line, you will be out. You'll and get once, whacked. You'll mm-hmm. get canceled. Yeah. And both sides cancel. Both sides engage in the canceling game. And that's why I I use the big H word. Hypocrisy Mm. is the problem. And if we had a little bit of a longer term memory, we'd remember what people said about something a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, and hold them accountable for their flip-flops. Nothing wrong with changing changing your mind if there's a reason to, but if it's only for expediency. But that uh -uh. would require that we have some underpinnings uh, that are, that are, built on principle and that's what i think we've lost we'll talk more with michael harrison quick break stay with us on wtic now back to the todd feinberg show live from the nj diet studios on wtic news talk 1080 Michael Harrison is here. We're talking about the uh, the state of our politics right now. And it feels to me pretty equivalent what's going on on both sides. You know, on, on one side, you've got the Trump phenomenon going on. And on the other, you have the woke phenomenon. And Michael is here to help us sort. We've got some people on hold, but we'll take those calls after the top of the hour when we're done with our time with Michael. 860 so anything else you want to say on this topic? Because I'm sure you've got a lot of thoughts buzzing around. Well, I have a lot of thoughts about it. I, I, I wish that um, uh, people who um, have intelligence in this country, um, who I think is, is a very large, potentially lucrative target audience, I wish that they were better serviced by the media. I, I wish that um, that everything isn't geared to just stupidity. And... It's just starting to seem that way. That, that, that really sums it up. I, it's very, when you have an argument with idiots, it's very hard to tell who, who is the idiot. Um, you know, they say, like, when you lie with dogs, you come up with, with fleas. Or if you mud wrestle with a pig, you can't tell who the pig is after a while. But that's what I, where I think the rigged system idea comes in, where every system, you mentioned the media. If you watch TV news, for example, and it doesn't matter who's doing it. It can be one of the most expensive national network broadcasts from one of the biggest networks, or it can be a little local newscast. It seems to be the same drivel that is not based on journalistic standards the way it used to be 30 or 40 years ago but is based on how do we get clicks it's like the internet has taken over all of the way media operates michael is that possible it's rewired our nervous systems um the internet and um, digital media has changed the way we're wired and thus it's changed us in terms of our very nature it changed how we changes how we communicate how we process information our sense of time, our sense of community, 
and um, our sense of purpose. The, the, the Internet is digital uh, media rather than the Internet. Digital era media is a double-edged sword the same way nuclear power is. And if we just, you know, dive right into it, oh, you know, this is great, instantaneous communication, everybody's got a voice, everybody's got a platform, and everything is equivalent, everything is equal. If we heard this side, we've got to hear that side, in spite of the fact that the other side is just some stupid people that wouldn't even get anywhere near a major platform. <laughs> but but hang on. What if that's what this is all about? If it's not our politics, but it's our politics trying to figure out how to survive in a in a new era, the Internet era, which is only in its infancy. And we haven't figured it out as a culture yet. Exactly. And that's the that in my opinion, I'm a media guy. I'm not a political person. I'm a media guy. I think everything stems from the media. You know, it, it, to me, the media is a hammer and everything's a nail. Mm -hmm. But but um, I, I think how we communicate, how we speak, how we listen, how, how we process information is at the core of what we are as a species and certainly what we are as a society. So I think you hit it right on the head. And again, we're talking broad strokes about a very microscopic and complicated you know, tapestry of issues here. The media has changed how we process intelligent information, and we don't know the difference between entertainment and information. We don't know the difference between there is journalism no difference. They and merged. marketing. Yeah, they've become a single thing, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a problem. It's a real problem. And and you have a confluence of events that that uh, that reverberate based on these changes that you're describing. So mm -hmm. you have uh, news organizations, quote-unquote news organizations, that don't have the money to do news anymore, even if they wanted to. They don't, they're, yeah. And, they, and what's you know, happened... They're putting in, dopey stories up on their websites that, that, that they're, are being aggregated by somebody else. Clickbait is everywhere, literally and figuratively. Clickbait everywhere. And we're being manipulated by the people that we counted on to be able to trust. So who do we trust? We have to trust in ourselves. How do we trust in ourselves? How do we know that we have we the right have information? We have to become more sophisticated. That's what you've been saying. Yeah, yeah. That's my message for today. That's my message for every day. That's been my theme for years now in this medium. I do feel, certainly talking to you, that there is more receptivity from both sides right now about the fact that the, that the real lowbrow, lowest common denominator approach of the media and the extremism that's on both sides seeking victory as opposed to truth, I think there are more people who are coming to that recognition and to that realization. Maybe. I, I think they need a voice to follow because the, the system that that was designed for us and handed off to us, I think, is a beautiful system based yes. on beautiful yes. notions. And I think everyone's trashing those notions now. Based on beautiful notions and intentions. Again, you just hit the nail on the head. I couldn't agree with you more. Those poor nails were beating the hell out of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to find new cliches. <laughs> next, I, between now and the next time you have me on, I will come up with some fresh ways of saying the same old cliches. You'll be very happy. There's got to be a website for that, Michael. <laughs> Michael Harrison, Talkers Magazine. Go to talkers.com and see what he does for this industry every day. Thank you, Michael. We'll do it again soon. Thank you, Todd. And, Anthony, were you having a comment there you wanted to? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think, uh, to Michael's point, I think it's uh, the extreme minority continues to steal the narratives, and that's, that's what we need to change. That And that, that's where I think that little structural thing of who controls the congressional districts, that's, that's what drives us apart. And we could start to move everything back towards the center. If, if that 
you know, if redistricting isn't the trick, then then there's some simple things along with it that I think would be. That's my take. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.